You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron laughed. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Yo, what? Well, I mean, every week, Space has done added a new feature. Twitter will move something over here. I can't keep up. I'm feeling overwashed. There you go, man. I was getting worried about you for a second, man. It's ridiculous, man. Twitter is, is trying to keep up too much. They, I don't even know what to do. This is your home space. We know you kneel. I think uh, KU in the Final Four has you in shambles, man. You don't know how to how to function I right knew, now. I knew within the first what is this? The first two minutes of the space you had to get you had to get it off. Go ahead. Let's just go ahead and get it off. Get it off your chest. Hey, I'm just saying, you should be happy, man. KU is allowing you to travel across the country. You know, you were in Texas, you know, now you were in Chicago. Now you get to go to New Orleans. I mean, you should be thankful. Uh, I'm actually not being sent to New Orleans. It's a different topic. Oh, you're not? Oh, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> Congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> I, I, I know I've been eating a lot of crow. I'll go ahead and... uh. I'll go ahead and start off by congratulating them. They look at a different team in March, man. Remy Martin has been doing things for them. I think CDOT said this on Twitter a little bit ago. Like, he does a lot of Chris Paul-esque things for them, man. It's special to see the run they're on, especially up front and close to them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, considering, like, Obagi's been off all tournament. Like, he hasn't played really good. I mean, last game was pretty good, but he hasn't had that typical game that we're used to seeing throughout the season. And they're still in the Final Four. So, I mean, if he can get going. Hey man, they might be cutting down the nets here in a in a week or so. We're gonna we're gonna get you we're gonna get you on the ladder. Uh, there's nothing more than I would love to see than Mark Gunnels going up to cut his piece of the net, boy. That, that <laughs> <laughs> rock chalk, man. Jesus, I'm driving up to Chicago for this, and it's right after our last pod. I'm thinking, all right, you know, and I, of course I listen back. I'm like. I thought we did all right on the Tyreek topic. Like we didn't, nobody really knew much, and really based off the reports we were getting, you know, we were just thinking we we're just waiting on the extension numbers to come out, waiting on the extension numbers that come out, and then the first little inkling comes out. You know, they, they give him permission to request a trade. I think from there, you should have already assumed uh, he he was out of KC. Yeah, like once we first got that little that little nugget. That uh, you know, they had allowed him permission to to look around. That that's when I kind of knew it was a wrap. And uh, there he goes. He's a Miami Dolphin now. Just just very initially, what your reactions are on a trade, and then we'll get to some details. Yeah, so it's actually pretty funny because I thought our deal was going to be done like last or whatever, like days before he got traded. Right? I thought our deal was going to be done because there's a video surfacing with him and his sister. Uh, you know, they're talking about, she said, when your brother's about to get an extension and stuff like that, then the next day, another video on TikTok came out and Tyreek was having like a little skit and he was talking about how I gotta find a way to get this money by tomorrow. So I'm like, okay. Are you monitoring TikTok for, for, for NFL trading information? Well, Is that- you know, these videos were posted on Twitter from TikTok Gunnels back uh, at it again. You know, so I see these videos on TikTok and I'm like, Okay, but now a couple of days have gone by and still no extension. I didn't say anything out loud, but in the back of my mind, I was really scared that this would happen. Like, I kind of had a weird feeling, but I didn't want to say it out loud to jinx it. And so when it happened, I was like, wow, 
here we are. Because it reminded me of the Devontae Adams situation a little bit because he clearly told the Packers he doesn't want to play under a franchise tag. Now, obviously, Tyreek Hill was a franchise tag, but it was very, very clear that he wanted to get his extension right now, which makes sense because, you know, play next year. What if you get injured? Then you don't get the bag. He's, you know, he's 28. You know, he's getting close to 30. So this is his last chance to really get paid. So when the news first broke, I was like, I ain't gonna lie, man. Like, so it's like somebody like shot me in the heart, man. Like it, it hurt. It hurt to see the notifications and like it happened so quick. Like it went from he has been given permission and then an hour later he is traded. Like it happened like so quick. It was hard to process. But we'll get into how I feel about afterwards because it's not as bad as I thought I was gonna. As I thought it was gonna be. But yeah, that was my initial reaction. I yeah, let's let's talk details, and then we'll get into more of, of why this this deal makes sense. Uh, the Dolphins get wide receiver Tyreek Hill, and in return, the Chiefs get a haul of five picks, including twenty nine and fifty this year, a fourth rounder this year as well, and then a fourth and a sixth going into next year. In return, of course, Tyreek Hill not only is a Miami Dolphin, but he signs a four year, one hundred and twenty million dollar extension, seventy two in guarantees, and I think I saw somewhere where uh, I think 52 of that is due at signing. Um, so so really both sides get uh, get what they wanted in this one. And we heard from Andy Reid, I believe yesterday, at NFL owners meetings talking about wishing the best for Cheetah, uh, no ill will for either side. Uh, and the Chiefs now find themselves with a lot of cap room. Uh, as far as why, I'll say something really quick and then, and then pass it over to you, Mark. I thought this was pretty cut and dry. Uh, Tyreek Hill was not interested in restructuring his deal. He made that absolutely clear in, in the offseason last year when this deal get, didn't get done. And this was his one window to get paid. You talked about a guy who's 28. You talked about a guy who had uh, who has been an integral part of what they do around here. And he looks around the wide receiver market. Christian Kirk is getting what I'm making now. So we're starting, we're, we're starting there. And, and obviously, Devontae Adams' deal shape some framework too he goes to Clark Hunt says I want 30 mil Clark Hunt says or excuse me he goes to Brett Beeson says I want 30 mil uh 30 mil is not in their ballpark and and you allow him to go look for a trade elsewhere it it, it seems like a clean cut business to both parties five picks is something that you really can't imagine getting especially a first rounder even if it is late first round I know people were upset that it wasn't a top 10 pick uh, I, I think that's more so why this this deal was made. I wonder what your opinion is on that. Yeah, I kind of am on the same wavelength as you as far as that goes. I mean, we're talking about a receiver. Like, when you're talking about five picks, normally you're thinking that's for a quarterback, right? We're talking about a wide receiver, and I get it. He's the most dynamic receiver in the league. We've never seen anybody like him. I think he's generational. I mean, just the way he – not just his speed, but the way he's able to stop and go – and his twitchiness, like it's something we've never seen before, right? So he's very unique in that aspect, and I understand that. But to get five picks for him, and not to mention the cap space you freed up. I mean, you freed up, what, about $20 million, 75 over the next three years? So not only do you get the picks, now you have the most cap space. I mean, can we name a team in history that has probably the best quarterback in the world and they have the most cap space in the NFL at the same time. Those two things really don't correlate too often. So Brett Veach knows what he's doing. Andy Reid, I'm pretty sure, signed off on it as he was talking, uh, you know, at the meetings the past couple of days. So it gives the Chiefs more flexibility to reopen a window, like for not just this year, but beyond, because now you have more flexibility. And if you hit on these draft picks, you have them for the next four or five years on relatively very, very cheap contracts. So I, I like the move. Obviously, it hurts to see a, a guy like Tyreek Hill staple for this run, obviously. Um, you know, best receiver in Chiefs history. I don't think that's even debatable. So it hurts from an emotional standpoint. But if you sit back and look at it from a business standpoint, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, let, let, let's talk some more KC Impact in a second. I, and I shot something out on Twitter after kind of the trade went down and, and the numbers got revealed. It, it, it's a risky proposition when we're talking about a receiver to, to go above that $20 million mark. I, I, I said on Twitter that it almost never works out, but it, it, it's maybe in the 5 or 10% of when it 
of when it works out, allocating that much of your salary cap, not only to one player, but just to a wide receiver. Um, Colin Cowherd kind of went on in this when Julio was looking for his first big extension with the Falcons. And he, he was very hesitant to give him top end market because usually a receiver doesn't take you over the edge. Obviously, a lot of guys are willing to pay their quarterback that, but somebody's got to be able to get the wide receiver to ball. I'm looking at the top paid receivers in the league. Obviously, Tyreek Hill reset the market 30 a year. After that, it's Adams, Hopkins, Moore, Allen, Williams, Cooper. Godwin is the first one that we get to that's actually won a Super Bowl ring. And then Michael Thomas, Christian Kirk, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, right right at that $20 million, $19 million threshold. I think it's a risky proposition. I think Brett Veach said, hey, you know, same thing you said. It's tough to see one of our staples go. This is a guy that puts people in the seats. But at the end of the day, this is an opportunity to completely flip our cap situation on its head. Um, we now have a little bit more wiggle room to go look at putting poke at guys like a Stephon Gilmore. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. I know there was some some talk about him. Um, and 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 kind of pushing into the KC impact part of the conversation now, I don't think this drastically changes what they do on offense, Mark. I understand that a lot of people aren't seeing that in the shell shock aftermath of, of this trade, but I don't think that this completely overhauls what they do on offense. You bring in an MVS, you bring in a Juju Smith-Schuster, and like Diana Rossini reported on ESPN Today, they're still looking for a wideout. I don't think this changes uh, completely what we see from KC. Yeah, I agree. I do think schematically, though, there will be some type of change because I think the way defenses cover the Chiefs may change. You know, obviously we saw that too high shell. That was the big thing last year. Can the Chiefs figure it out? Can Patrick Mahomes stay patient and take what the defense gives him instead of trying to force things down the field? I'm not sure you're going to see that too much anymore because Tyreek Hill was the ultimate you know, take the top off the defense guy. And no matter who you bring in, you're not going to have that element, not to that extent, at least. So I think that will change. And then also, I think bringing in a Ronald Jones, like I know we're going to get to that as well, but to me that says the Chiefs are going to try to be more balanced offensively. You know, with him, CEH, still determined to see if they're going to bring back McKinnon or not. You still got uh, Gore. So I think the philosophy may change a little bit. And I think that would be smart because the way this offense line is built, they're better in run blocking. And that's the, that's the case with most, most offensive lines. But they're very physical. You know, obviously with Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Tooney, Brown, and those boys. So and in that game against the Bengals, I mean, I know we talked about it before, but they were averaging over five yards of carry, man. Like they were running the ball down their throats. They just chose – not to run the ball in the second half for some reason. So I think a change of philosophy may be a thing as well, which could open up that play-action game for Patrick Mahomes. If anything, and and I'm still not 100% rocking with you on the change of philosophy, if anything, maybe it takes the kill shot mindset out of KC's mind, which we know can play to their benefit and and play to their detriment, speaking of that AFC Championship game. Maybe don't think, hey, I can go out there and get 14 points in one play right here. I can go out and get, I can go out and and effort Tyreek down there somewhere. Maybe we have to be more methodical in our in our uh, philosophy on offense. I just really don't see them going from a 28 point a game team or or whatever they were last year, 26th or whatever, uh, to a team that struggles to get 21 points a game. Like it, it just, and I think Lewis Riddick was the one who said something about this on Twitter right after the trade. I mean, in Andy Reid's system. Uh, the the wide receivers are are not interchangeable. I, l- let's not use that word because you're never going to find another Tyree Kill. Uh, I'm, I hope I'm not breaking any news on this podcast with that. Uh, but but there's room to work. It's a system. It's a system for a reason. Um, and and there's going to be production there still. I, I don't see Casey falling off a cliff. I don't see them coming in last in the AFC West. We'll have plenty of time to continue talking about that. But uh, I, I I just don't see an overnight change in how they do offense. Uh, just because of this move, well, Miami. Do you do you think that this pushes them over the over the pack? Do you think that this is a move that cements them as a contender in the AFC? A uh, contender, no. Potential wild card team, maybe. But the AFC is so stacked, man. I mean, you really have to break it down. There's only seven spots. I'm assuming three teams from the AFC West make it. You're probably going to get two in the AFC North, so that's already five. And then the division winners, the AFC East, which is going to be the Bills, and the AFC South is going to be a fight between the Colts and the Titans. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to get in, man, because 
like I said, it's just so stacked over here right now. I mean, they look like a nine-win team to me, maybe 10. But even 10 may not get you in, Aaron. It may come down the tiebreakers. And I'm not sure what division they play in the AFC. I'm, I haven't looked it up. But it really may come down to tiebreakers and things like that. But we know they're not winning that division. I mean, that's the Bills division. And if you think they're going to win the division over the Bills, then, yeah, you're crazy. So, I mean, wild I card wild card is the best be, case scenario. What you say? I don't know how you can be so sure when they have the most accurate quarterback in, in the National Football League, according to Terry Hill. Well, he didn't say the most accurate. He said one of the most one of the most accurate. <laughs> you love to add a little <laughs> sauce on things, man. It was Cap. You know it was Cap. No, but no, but Tua is actually he actually is accurate though, as far as like the intermediate stuff. Like he actually is pretty accurate. Now, as far as the deep ball, I'm not exactly sure about that. But that was the main thing about Tua coming out of Alabama was his accuracy. So I'm not I'm not gonna say that was completely cat per se. He is pretty accurate. How much of the signing bonus did you get to just say that on this podcast? But, you don't think two was accurate? Within the five to ten yard range, yeah. Tyree gonna be running intermediate routes the whole time. Well, that's what I said. I said intermediate routes. That's what I said. Uh I'm 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 still not seeing one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. I mean, we name it one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. It, it takes me a minute to get to two tungle by Lowe's name. It does. He's in the top half. He's in the top half. He's in the top sixteen. As far as as far as accuracy, <laughs> he's in the top. He's in the top sixteen. Does that count as one of the most accurate? I'm not sure. That's a hell of a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it works out. It's a good move. They got a, they got a nice little core down there. I really liked. I mean, when this whole thing was bubbling up, I would have really liked have liked to see uh, Jalen Waddle. Uh, make a move to KC, but that's a guy uh, they obviously didn't want to move on from. Real talented guy had a, br- a breakout rookie year. We'll be keeping an eye on, on Miami. You know it's tough to win there too. That Miami flu, man. I know you know better than anybody. You get down to Miami, and uh, you know you might lose a step. <laughs> hey, you know Tyreek. He was talking about playing volleyball on the beach with some Hennessy. So hey, let me just say this too, Aaron. Let me get this off my chest, okay? If you don't mind. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> ISO arc, ISO gunnels. So yeah, let me ISO real quick. So I found it very interesting watching his presser, and I told one of my boys, he's actually in here right now. My boy Josh is in the listening crowd. I said the key word in this presser to look out for is fun. It's two words, fun and championship. Let's see how much he mentions the word fun. How many times he mentions the word championship? He didn't mention the word championship one time during his presser, but he mentioned the word fun several times. And that's interesting because in Kansas City, he always mentioned the word championship. And that just tells me, and I already knew this, but it just confirmed me, confirmed for me that this move was strictly a lifestyle, money, fun investment. And I'm not mad at him for that. I applaud him for that. He's already won a championship. I think he's still going to be a Hall of Famer. Now, the path there kind of gets a little murky now because your numbers may take a dip now with Tua, obviously, versus Patrick Mahomes. But I still believe, ultimately, if he gives you another three to four really good years, he's a Hall of Famer. But this was all about lifestyle and having fun, being close to home, South Beach, you know, great weather all year round, the palm trees. And, hey, if we win, that's cool. If not, hey, I still got all this guaranteed money. So he's at peace, and I'm not mad at him. I get it. You know, everybody's not going to try to compete for a championship every single year. And he's already won one. It would be different he's never won one. He's he's a champion already. We can't take that away from him. So I'm okay with it. But I just thought it was interesting how he didn't mention the word championship, but he mentioned the word fun a lot. Salute. And, and I – I appreciate you saying that because I I want a lot of Chiefs fans to realize that not every player is idolizing getting a ring every single year. Like I know a lot of fans don't go to sleep at night thinking about a uh, thinking about a ring. It's a lot of players out here that would be happy to be the highest paid in whatever. I mean, and, and I thought it was funny. 
seeing some people say, oh, he, what's the difference between 21 mil and, and 30 million? And, and I would just say, you know, $9 million, $9 million. <laughs> it's a pretty big difference. <laughs> it's a big difference, but it, let's, let's move to the next guy. Cause he actually has some, some choice comments about money and turning down deals. And that's Marquez Valdez Scantling, who is the newest chiefs wide out. Uh, he comes over in a very team friendly deal. I believe it was reported as three years, but now there might be clauses where Casey can get out after year one and year two. But regardless of the fact, he comes in, new number 11 for Kansas City. Said it was tough to turn down playing with Aaron Rodgers, but now has a chance to play with Patrick Mahomes. As soon as he touched down in KC, first person he heard from was number 15 about how bad he wanted him here in KC and how excited he was to get to work. My first question to you on MVS, do you see him having a Tyreek-style role? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very loaded question there, Aaron. Um, that was a cop-out answer, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I because mean, I don't want to say, yeah, and then, you know, it's like, obviously, he's not even close to Tyreek Hill. We know that. And I'm not quite sure exactly how they're going to use McColl, because McColl actually is probably more of a Tyreek Hill style as far as, you know, the size and the speed. And I know MVS is very fast as well, but he's a big body receiver, too. But I think with MVS, you can kind of throw him anywhere. Like, you can kind of throw him in the slot. He can play in the outside as well because he's a 6'4". And the contract, to me, was an absolute steal. I mean, people were freaking out when they saw the three years, $30 million at first. But you have to wait to see how it's structured. We know these NFL contracts can be very, very tricky and, uh, you know, kind of nerdy in a way, right? So I think essentially – He's probably going to be here for two years, I would say, on about $18 million. So, I mean, that's a steal. That's an absolute steal. And I know if you look at his numbers in Green Bay, they're not too attractive, and I get it. But if you really watch Packers games and really analyze it, he wasn't used correctly there. And also, Aaron Rodgers has a tendency to kind of zero in on Devontae Adams because he doesn't fully trust his other receivers. I mean, you saw in the playoff game against the Niners, there was plenty of occasions where guys were wide open, but he was still trying to force speed it to Devontae Adams. So I think in this system, especially now when you don't have a true number one as of today, now we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but that could change depending on a trade that may happen. But as of right now, it's kind of a wide receiver by committee. And I think that's going to make Patrick Mahomes a better quarterback because now he doesn't have to worry about trying to force feed somebody. He can try to spread the wealth a little bit. So I, I like the move in general, especially at that price. Yeah, you talked about a guy not trusting his receivers. Uh, I, I've said on this podcast a few times, I feel like 15 needs to be a little bit more comfortable with his weapons. And uh, maybe this is the move that helps him do so. Uh, MVS kind of touched on him. Talking to Mahomes and, and and them wanting to work together in the offseason. So hopefully they start the ground running with some chemistry. Uh, this is the contract breakdown from Spotrack. Uh, about $8.5 million guaranteed at signing. Uh, 6.4 next March. Cap hits of 4.8, 11 million, and 14 across the deal. Uh, MVS, Juju, Hardman, and Gordon combined for only 13 million of the cap this year. I mean, the wizardry that, that Brett Beach pulled off. With not only getting this unit younger, uh, but getting them exponentially cheaper. I mean, you're talking about Tyree Kill, who was asking for $30 million to get your combination of your guys here. And you're not done yet. We, we touched on that. To get the combination of those four at only $13 million of the cap this year, uh, it, it, it works on paper. We'll see if it works in the field. I think MVS is a guy who um, comes in with a chip on his shoulder, too. I mean, you, you touched on him not being used correctly. Um, this is a place where there's there's plenty on the table for him to eat, uh, and there's plenty of opportunity for him to grow. I, I I do see him as a down the down the threat field down the field threat. Damn, I can't talk today uh, as, as well. And um, we'll see. Uh, younger and cheaper was the goal, and you can't argue with the numbers, Mark. Yeah, hundred percent. And this move to me, and this ties in with the whole Tyreek trade and just getting guys like MVS. It tells me that Brett Veach and Andy Reid, and they're right. They believe that everything around Mahomes doesn't have to be perfect because he is that good. 
He's going to make other guys better. And here's a stat for you, Aaron. You may have seen it on Chiefs Twitter. I'm not sure. You may have seen it, Aaron, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. In five games without Tyreek Hill, did you know Mahomes is 4-1? and one? And catch this. In those games, on average, yards per game, 372 yards per game in those five games without Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs offense will be fine, guys. Relax. Are you saying Tyreek Hill is a system-wide receiver? Is that, That's basically what I just heard from you. Oh, my gosh. You love the spin stuff. That's basically you, all. You love to spin my words and make it so dramatic. No, I'm not saying that. Tyreek Hill is one of one. He's generational. We're not doing that, Aaron. <laughs> one I can't more, stand you, man. One more quote from MBS before we move on to another signing that things going to make impacts on Sunday. And I appreciate y'all rocking with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. We're in Twitter spaces on Tuesdays on the podcast app on Wednesdays. Uh, I, I hear y'all. I see y'all reaching out to us and encouraging us, man. It's, it's been great here in the offseason. MVS kind of had he had his uh, official uh, intro- introductory press conference on Zoom. And, and one quote that stood out to me, I tweeted it out. Quote, I turned down a bunch of other deals for other more for more money because I didn't want to go lose. It's not always about the money. And, and a lot of people took that as a jab, especially with the way Tyreek left. And I didn't really see it that way. To me, I, I saw it kind of speaking to what to what you spoke on just a few minutes ago. It's not always going to be rosy, but as long as 15 is here, there's going to be guys that want to come play in Kansas City. And, and, and there's going to be guys that want to take less. I know Tyreek Hill went and, and got the biggest contract in NFL history for a wide receiver. That's cool and, and, and well, that's, that's an outlier in one situation. For every Tyreek Hill, there's going to be two or three MVSs that uh that want to line up and come play in the city of fountains and this is a perfect example yeah 100 percent, man and also to your point about guys wanting to come here the chiefs are going to be one of those franchises as long as patrick mahomes is here where guys will come here on a one-year deal just to increase their stock and probably leave after one year right because the chiefs are obviously a very pass happy system like juju for instance Yep. Like, I think Juju, there's a real chance that if he goes crazy this year and looks like the Juju that we saw those first couple years, where his price is going to go up so much, where he may not resign. He may not. But that's okay because you'll get another guy like that next year that's on a one year prove it deal type of situation, right? So I think the Chiefs will get these guys a lot where they kind of rotate in and out, having these guys come here just to increase their their uh, dollar value, just to get the most they can and then vote after one year, unless the Chiefs are willing to pay them. But, you know, there's going to be circumstances where that's not the case. So, yeah, I think this is a great situation because it also allows you flexibility because now you don't have to lock into these long-term contracts so much where you can get these guys on these cheap one-year deals and you know they're motivated because they want to prove themselves. So the lack of motivation is not there because they want to get that bag, especially with the new TV deals coming into play next year and the salary cap cap skyrocketing after next season. So these deals that we see now, and I know you said $20 or whatever for a wide receiver seems like a lot. That's going to become the norm, Aaron. Like $20 for a receiver is actually going to be like a bargain. Because with the salary cap rising year after year after year, that's going to be a steal. So I can see why the Chiefs may be looking to trade for one of these guys that are looking for an extension. Because if you lock them in right now, two or three years from now, a $22 million per year contract is going to be absolute steal for somebody that's 24, 25, coming off the rookie deal right now. Yeah, I don't know, and, and we're going a little long on this topic, but there's a couple of things I want to I want to push back on. You have been a big proponent of, hey, yo, just check in on DK, bro. Just see, just see what he's up to. You know, like it, it, it's no hurting that. I think that puts Kansas City right back in the position that they just got out of. You know, DK's going to want an extension. You know, he's going to want to be one of the highest paid players at his position, and it's going to be a, a a carbon copy of what you just did with Tyreek Hill. Nah, I, I disagree because you got to think about it, Aaron. If you trade for him right now, they're gonna they're gonna negotiate an extension with the trade. So there's no way DK at this moment could demand more than what 22, 23 million a year. 
and he's only and he's only 24 years old. That's the difference. With Tyreek Hill, is 28. So if you can get DK in a 22 per 22 million per year contract right now, he's only 24 years old, and with the salary cap rising next year, everybody was talking about the new TV deals. That's a steal. And that's way different than 30 million a year. We just we just said how eight and nine million is a big difference. So I definitely disagree with that. GM Gunnels in the mix. Uh, let's move on because we're going to agree to disagree. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that for an hour. We're going to talk <laughs> about wide receivers until training camp, Lord of mercy. Let's talk about running back Ronald Jones in the fold. Now he comes over on, on a one-year deal. The Texas Tesla. I didn't know that was his nickname, but, man, it's a, it's a hell of a nickname for Rojo there. He comes over, said he was happy to be here. Uh, I listened to a little bit of his introductory press conference, said, yo, and Andy, Andy Reid's system, everybody's going to eat. He's happy to be here. He's watched Clyde Edwards-Alaire from afar uh, and, and sees them working well together, yin and yang. And I think that this really fills in well for that Daryl Williams role. I mean, he, I mean, if you close your eyes and squint hard enough from the Arrowhead press box, you might think in the jersey that Daryl Williams and, and Ronald Jones are the same person. I think this is an explosive back, change of pace back, somebody that you, they can utilize in the pass game as well. I just really like the fit here. When when he was when he was uh when he was rumored to be poking around KC, I really liked it then, and I, and I like it even better now that it's official. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called "The Future of Work," where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I like it a lot, man, especially for that deal. I mean, the guy is only 24 years old. He's very young. He kind of got overshadowed when they brought in Leonard Fournette to Tampa Bay, which is understandable. But, I mean, this guy, to me, when you look at his film, and then there's just one play that stands out to me. And this one play is a play that nobody on the Chiefs roster in the running back room can make. He ran for a 99-yard touchdown in a game. Not this past year, but in 2020. And just that alone, just having a guy that's capable of doing that in any situation, that adds a different dynamic. Or just the guy when the holes are open can burst for a 20-yard gain. I love CEH, but he's not that guy as far as big chunk yards, right? He's just not that explosive, and we understand that. But Rojo, not only is he explosive, he's also very physical as well and he's a guy that you can use in the passing game so I think it was a home run I think it's been underselled uh, how impactful this guy could be for the Chiefs especially in this system now especially without Tyreek Hill I think there will be more opportunities for the running backs to catch the ball that's one thing about CEH that we've always kind of clamored for right because out of college that was the main thing about him oh he's a great receiving back but we haven't really seen it. But I think now, when you, without Tyreek Hill, I think that would be more instilled in the offensive system, getting the running backs involved in the passing game more. You kind of took it right out of my mouth, and I know this is a guy that Chiefs fans have been on and on and on ever since he was drafted in the late first round. Does the signing of Ronald Jones tell you anything about what the Chiefs think about Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Or is this purely, in your opinion, uh, an insurance thing? Or do you see him as truly somebody who could come in and, and split carries with, uh, with CEH? You say something, and I got something after you. Oh, this absolutely says this is a guy that I can split carries with him. I mean, we saw it last year with Jarek McKinnon. I mean, Jarek McKinnon became that guy pretty much in the later part of the season. I know CEH got hurt, but 
they still roll with McKinnon for the most part. So this definitely tells me that. And I think Brett Veach and company realize, and like I said, this is no slight to CEH because I thought he got overvalued by Kansas City picking him in the first round. But I think they're slowly admitting that they made a mistake there. I'm going to push the brakes on that. He got hurt last year. I don't know if they made a quote-unquote a mistake. I know it's easy to look at who got drafted around him. and Jonathan Taylor. Oh, Lord have mercy. I think, and Andy Reid has kind of alluded to this in the past, he likes to have different flavors at, at running back. They're certainly not done here. And whether it's a rookie, I would love to see McKinnon come back. I know he's a little bit of an older back, but I love what he brought to them. Uh, especially towards the stretch front of the regular season and into the playoffs, I think they're just going to have a lot of different backs no matter what. Clyde Edwards-Lair was never drafted to be Jamal, to be Jamal Charles. Uh, I don't know. I once again, I hope I'm not breaking any news on this podcast, but he was never going to be the, the the one through three down back. It was always going to be by spent the first round pick on him though, Aaron. He spent a late first round pick on him, Mark, and and like a late first round pick is as good as a second. You know this. You notice it's not it's not a failure yet. Now, are, are you happy with the results that you put on the field? No, because his availability isn't where it needs to be. Um, but I don't think this is a, a signing that tells me right away that they are moving away from Clyde edwards alaire it, it, it just to me doesn't seem like that. It, it just seems like they're padding out their their running back room, and uh, and they're going to have a guys of, of different shapes and sizes who can do a little bit of different things. And also in the National Football League, I'll say one more thing before passing it off. Dudes are going to get hurt, man, especially your running backs. Like It's rare when your running back plays all 18 weeks now and then into the playoffs, especially for a team like KC that plays so many damn games. I mean, you're going to need bodies. You're going to need legs. I mean, we we saw dudes come in, uh, uh, Elijah Gore, right, uh, or Gore who came in and uh, in, in spells towards the end of the year. Like, you, you just need fresh running backs. This is a guy who's going to come into the, to the mix and, and play a factor but not be the entire drink. I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, come on, man. The first year, CEH only played in 13 games, so he missed three games. And this year, he missed seven games. Like, we're not saying he's, we're not acting like he missed one or two games. Okay, that's fine. He's missed 10 games in his first two years for a first round pick. That's unacceptable. And I understand, I know he can't control it, obviously. I'm not saying that. You know, it's your body. I get it. But to say that a guy has missed 10 games in his first two years as a first-round pick, that's not somewhat of a, a failure? I, I can't I can't agree with that notion. I, I just can't. That's too many games missed, man. That's too many games missed. But you're, hold, you're holding him to the, the standard of where he was drafted. And that's pretty but much you it. have to, Aaron. That's what you have to. Is it, we is know it, that. First-round picks are valued way more than anybody else. We know that, Aaron. Come on. Is it because of, is it because of where he was picked or, or who picked him? It's because of where he was picked. There's it's a, it's a certain expectation for a first-round pick. Can we not agree to that? Can we not agree to that? What we can agree on is that the draft is an inexact science. It really is. It, it, it is. It is. You're right. It is. It is. There's going to be more misses than hits, and and I just think it's a little bit too early to call call CEH a miss. Now, if he misses seven games again this year, I'll come on to this pod and we can dance together. But until then, I think Rojo's in the mix, and, and Clyde is probably the starter week one. I'm not disagreeing with that. Now, I don't. I'm not saying they're going to like X CEH out, and he's not part of the plan. He's probably going to lead the, the team in carries. Well, as long as he's playing, doesn't get hurt again. So, I mean, but I think the plan is definitely for him to be RB1. I'm not arguing that. But I believe getting somebody like a Ronald Jones, who is, for, I would say, a significant amount of teams, could be their best running back, that says a lot to me that they don't really trust in the durability of CEH. And they have reason to believe that. I'm not doubting when CEH actually plays because he looked good in the playoffs. Like He looked like a new guy. Looked fresh. Looked fresh. But you should be fresh when you miss seven games. You yeah. should be fresh. You, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, you should be. That, that's, is that not true? I mean, come on. 
I can't wait till, till one of these players hops in this pod one day. Lord mercy, I'm gonna laugh so damn hard. I'm gonna <laughs> laugh so hard. Because you can say whatever you want, Mark. I, somebody got to go up and sit in the press conferences and look them in the face. Hey, man, you don't have no problem with that, man. You're a very stand-up guy. You, you ask the hard-hitting questions. You're not scared of them. I got to eat everything for you. People come up to me like, oh, Gunnel said that. Gunnel said. You're I'm lying. Like, no. Nobody says that to you. Talk Are you serious? Him about this. Talk Nobody him. does that. Stop lying. Everybody, his DMs are open. Do, do, not, put, do not put his his takes on me. Please, Lord, have mercy. Bro, we're a team, bro. You can't do, abandon me like that, bro. We're in this together, bro. Come on, dog. You're 49, and I am like uh, I'm 32 with my hands up. Sometimes, honestly, uh, I'm like, wow. <laughs> he compared me to Sorensen, guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, four things before we take some some questions here on Twitter Spaces. I've seen a couple people put their hands up. We will get to you towards the end of the space. I promise. We got a couple more points we want to get to. First of them is, is the Chiefs looking around the cornerback market. James Bradbury, and of course, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, linked to KC, Chiefs reportedly poking around since they have some some money to spend now. I know what it's like when you get paid and you want to burn some cash. Uh, Chiefs look, seem like they need to add somebody. We, we talked about this last pod. They got to add, got to add a corner. Uh, thoughts on bringing in Bradbury or possibly Stephon Gilmore? Yeah, so it sounds like it's one or the other. I highly doubt they'll be able to get both of them. But if I had to pick, I would probably slightly lean James Bradbury. And that's simply because of his age. He's two. He's three years younger, and not to mention, if you guys pay attention to the top 100, he was actually number 71 on the list. So I mean, I know we don't watch a lot of Giants games. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm sure most people in here listening probably didn't watch no more than two or three Giants games last year. Let's just be honest. But if you break down his film, he's big. He's athletic. He has long arms. He's very physical. He is a legit. CB1. And he doesn't get the recognition for it because he plays for the Giants, but he's only 28 years old. He's made a Pro Bowl. I would slightly lean him. Now you you have to trade for him, obviously. I've been seeing some rumors and stuff. Obviously, nothing is set in stone right now, but you'll probably have to give one of your fourth round picks for him. And I'm okay with that. Because the Chiefs have two fourth round picks. Give up one of them for James Bradbury. And you'll obviously sign him to an extension with the trade, obviously. So he's a guy that I think will make a lot of sense here, especially in a SPAG system where he likes physical big corners. Now, I won't cry at all if they get Stephon Gilmore because Stephon Gilmore, he may not be the same guy he was when he was in New England and healthy, but he still is a really, really good corner. I mean, people didn't really watch Carolina this year, but he still is very, very active. He's still a guy that you have to respect out there. So either way, the Chiefs will get dramatically better at corner. And I do believe that they will get one of these guys. But I would slightly lean Bradbury if I had to pick one. Yeah, I think the names are less important than than the position here when the report came out. Obviously, we knew the Chiefs needed to address it. And, and basically what I got from the from the leaks was that they were they're going to do it before the draft. They're not going to go into the draft and, and, and get somebody in there. 29 30 range that they think is going to start right away they want to lean on a veteran they want to bring in a guy who's got experience as you as you called him a cb1 uh and that's going to be their anchor and then they go into the draft thinking let's fill out the depth room let's see what else we can do there um but it's clear that they want a vet and somebody who can lock down that position and we knew this needed to happen uh if i had to pick one of the two names i'd probably like Hugo bradbury um, maybe because of age, Gilmore. You talking about not watching Giant games? How many Panthers games did you watch last year? That was a terrible ball club down the stretch. I watched two. I think. I think I watched two. Man, that was that was some. I'm shocked Matt Rule still has a job. To be honest with you, but uh, I probably go Bradbury. Uh, and, and it looks like the Chiefs are adding the vet. That's probably what what I would say there. Um. One one last point before we open up to questions. Appreciate y'all rocking with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. This kind of just fell into our lap today. Uh, <laughs> the Chiefs say that they're receiving interest from the other side of the state line. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs play in Kansas City, Missouri now. And at the NFL owners meeting, I, b- I believe it was uh, Clark Hunt saying that they re- they received some interest from from the Kansas side. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah like, oh brother, yeah, oh brother. I, I, Let's let's just be real careful here. 
before somebody get Will Smith in the uh, somebody get Chris Rock to the in the chat. <laughs> what are your thoughts on on KC going to the to the Kansas side? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> Okay, so Aaron, I know you're not from here, so you may not understand. You you may understand. No, so I have been- some funded, bro. I was I was indoctrinated right away. Yeah, you right may understand. Away. Actually, you've been in KC for a, a long enough time to understand how big this Kansas Missouri thing is. And you you went to Mizzou, so you I know you get it. You get it. Absolutely, absolutely. So okay, so let me clarify. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, I'm a KU fan. I understand that. People get Ew. on me about that. People get on me about that. But hey, it was in my blood growing up. Bad. Had a lot of fa- had a lot of family members that went to KU, KU alums. You bandwagon. Just and go ahead. Just go no, ahead. Not, oh, stop it. I started watching KU basketball when Paul Pierce was there. I was a little lad, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, anyway, I understand why people are in an uproar about this because this has been a thing my whole life, man. The whole Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas type of thing. You know, if you're from the Missouri side, you don't associate with the Kansas side and vice versa across the river. I get it. I totally get it. And if this were to actually happen, I've already seen it on my timeline, Aaron, that a lot of loyal Kansas City Chiefs fans on the Missouri side said they would stop being Chiefs fans. (laughs) Uh, move to Kansas. Like, it's that deep for some people. Now, for me, it's not nearly that deep. Would it hurt a little bit? Yeah, it would. Come used to Arrowhead being in Raytown, you know, only 10 minutes away from where my parents stay, where I grew up at. So it would be kind of weird. But it's not to the point where I'm going to stop supporting the Chiefs. It ain't that deep to me. But it, this is a big deal, man. I mean, people on the timeline are in shambles today, Aaron. I don't know if you saw it, but th- this is this is real, man. <laughs> if this happens, man, it's going to be a real big divide in the Kansas City Metro, man. <laughs> this is all politics and posturing. I mean, I don't understand when people will ever realize this. It's the same thing that's going on with the Royals right now. These owners, uh, they're looking for new revenue streams. The easiest way to create a new revenue stream is to build your own stadium funded with somebody else's money. I mean, it's very simple. So it starts with a little pebble. It starts with the owner saying, oh, well, you know, we're thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, politicians on both sides say, well, you know, we could do this for you or we could do this for you. And everybody starts getting their bid in line, man. This is all politics and posturing. I don't think that the fan outrage really plays as much of a factor in it as as people want to believe. I think at the end of the day, these are billionaires who own a business and they're going to go wherever they want to move that business to. If St. Louis Rams fans don't know anything, they could probably teach a whole class on this, man. It don't matter. Wherever they want to move it, they go and move it. It's 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 politics and posturing. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, even the mayor of Kansas City, Missouri, came out and pretty much uh, <laughs> debuted this like instantly. He was like, "Hey, we're working with the the state of Missouri and Kansas City. You know, basically, we love having the Chiefs here in the case. They, they know what time it is. They know what time it is. Yeah." <laughs> It's, 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 money, it's, get, it's getting it's nasty out here, man. It's getting nasty, Aaron. It really is, man. It, it really is. But nah, ultimately, I think they're going to stay on the Missouri side. I don't see it happening. But I wouldn't completely rule it out because... Well, you're not nah, you're a Casey Moe. You said what? Right? So you, you're a Casey Moe. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you know, you've been through all the ups and downs with this stadium. I, I had to be taught. Well, they were talking about putting a sliding, like a sliding thing over both of Kaufman and Arrowhead to potentially attract more high dollar events. Cause that, that's another thing that this is all about, right? The NFL has basically already said, Hey, build a new stadium and your increases your chances of getting the Super Bowl. If you look at all the recent Super Bowls, SoFi stadium, Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta, if we look at Minneapolis, I mean, like the list goes on and on. You build a new stadium, you're going to start to get some of these high dollar events. Uh, I think I think Clark Hunt realizes that, hey, I got one of the most valuable assets in the entire National Football League at quarterback. 
uh, he looks at his stadium and says, maybe it's time to upgrade here. Yeah. I mean, look at the Royals. They're probably going to move downtown most likely, right? So I think that's kind it's of a – cooked. It's done. That, I mean, it's finito. It's coming. Yeah. Oh, is it, you think it's done? Absolutely. Come on now. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. I, I think it's pretty much a done deal too. But uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a trickle down effect as well. I mean, you look at the Royals, they're going to have this nice, shiny new stadium in downtown Kansas City, you know, and the Chiefs are going to stay in, uh, you know, in Raytown. I mean, I want them to. Don't get me wrong. I really do. I really do. But there's going to have to be some decisions to be made. There really is because I will say this. There is some parts out there, especially in the Legends area. You got the, the NASCAR track out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I could see a scenario where they could move out there. And I don't want it to happen. I really don't. Trust me. I do not want it to happen. But I wouldn't rule it out completely. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. At the end of the day, folks saying, yo, I'll never go to another Chiefs game again. That's cap. That's cap. That is going to be outweighed by the number of corporate sponsors that line up, the number of, of tax lookaways and tax breaks. And this is a bottom line business. I mean, at the end of the day, get paid. Like we, we started with Tyreek on that, and we're going to end with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs on that. Uh, it's a business. And, and I think ultimately they're going to do what's best for them. Uh, improvements to Arrowhead have been long, long, long uh, written about to get those high dollar events. We know that the World Cup was poking around for a little bit. If this raises the the profile or if, or if this helps KC attract some of those events, I think it's a win for everybody. Let's get to the questions. Yeah. And uh, if you guys have any questions, make sure you send that request right now. We have about another 10 minutes or so. So make sure you send your request and get it in real quick. We have. A Niners fan actually in here with the question. That's your family. Or <laughs> people. About to bring up Niner Matt. But yeah, send those requests in if you have a question. Don't be shy. We're connecting Niner Matt right now. It's some blue checks in here too. Wait a minute. Yeah, man, you bring the blue checks in, man. You know? I'm a blue chip, no, not a, not a blue check, sir. Get that right. Ah, oh, this guy, this guy. <laughs> I don't know what happened. For some reason, Niner Matt is not letting you add. For some reason, let's try it again, real quick. I don't know. Twitter Space has been acting kind of weird lately. Yeah, oh, there you go. What's up, Niner Matt? What's up, man? I lost you guys for a minute. Hey, uh, real quick thing. So, obviously, I'm a, I'm a Niner fan, but I actually live in the Kansas City area. So, I, I was talking to my buddies about this, like, the last few days. So, obviously, I think the ultimate goal is they want a new stadium to eventually get the Super Bowl, get the Final Four, get the big concerts, right? But really, if you think about it, if they stayed on the Missouri side, where are they actually going? Because let's just hypothetically say they move Kaufman downtown, right? They knock down Kaufman and they build Arrowhead 2.0 right where it's at. I mean, from an infrastructure standpoint, with the limited amount of hotels, the distance from um, downtown, it kind of really doesn't make sense, right? I mean, you know, like they, I mean, there's, if you're not going to a Chiefs game, if you're kind of in that area right around the stadium, there's really not much out there. There's not bars. There's no nightlife. Like I said, there's limited hotels. So I, I, I get it. They probably really do want to stay in Missouri if possible. But, like, maybe just talk a little bit about, like, where would they actually go, you know? Hey, that's an excellent question. I, I, and I want to help contextualize for those who are not in the Kansas City area. Niner Matt hit it right on the line. I mean, it's Kaufman. It's Arrowhead. It's the parking lots. And then it's nothing. It's Raytown. I'm not trying to throw shade at Raytown like Mark Gunnels did a little earlier. But it's not what you're looking for when you're looking to attract not only these high-dollar events, uh, um, but also bigger business to your area. I think I, I'm, I'm using um, Truist Park in Atlanta as an example. They built a, a, a mixed commercial space around the new facility. Not only are there apartments there, 
but there's also shopping areas there. There's bars there. So even if you don't get a ticket to go to the game, oh, I want to be in the battery. I want to be around where the action is happening. I want to spend money in that area. And I think that's what Kansas City is going for. I don't know if it necessarily I don't know if necessarily they say we want to stay Missouri unless Missouri throws them so much of a tax break, so much of a incentive that they have to stay there. I think the Chiefs are are saying right now, yo, we're looking for the best deal. We got our eyes open. And whether that's on the Missouri side or the Kansas side, uh, I, I think that they're they're open on that one. But that was a really good question. Hey, what's up, Austin? How you doing, bro? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Diehard Chiefs. Hey, I'm doing good. How about you, man? Good, man. Good. I'm from Jersey. So, uh, what's, what's your question? So, I saw, I read today that the Chiefs are uh, actively making calls on the attempt to trade for a top wide receiver. I saw names like DK, Debo, but as far as a top wide receiver, is it going to be somebody like that, or is it going to be someone like uh, LaVisca Chenault? I'll go ahead and take that one. So, Actually, in that real video, it said a team, one of the team's top receivers, right? So, not necessarily. <laughs> That's, so different. A, That's so different. Yeah. So, not necessarily a top receiver. Some teams, one of their top receivers. So that could be their receiver two, receiver three. So that kind of changed the changed the dynamic of this situation, right? But I do believe, and I strongly do believe this, I do believe the Chiefs are doing their due diligence on a DK Metcalf, right? Because it just makes sense because he's entering his last year of his rookie contract. Seattle's clearly in a rebuild mode right now. So I don't believe they're in a position to pay DK what he wants. And I don't think it even makes sense because why would you invest that much in a receiver when you don't even have the quarterback, you don't even have the quarterback right now. So I think that's a real possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that at all, but I do think that is a possibility. Maybe even a Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, same situation in Washington. I mean, Carson Wentz is just a, a stopgap guy. We all know that. So, I mean, there's possibilities out there because think about it. We didn't know that Tyreek Hill was available until he became available, right? So everybody has a price. It just depends on how much you're willing to give up. So that that's my take on that. I don't know if you got anything to add to that, Aaron, or not. I don't think the DK thing makes sense. We might have to do a whole pod on this one. This oh, is brother. Oh. Right, the situation you just got out of. You're trying to get younger. You're trying to get cheaper. Stick with that. You do not need a DK Metcalf. DK's 24 years old. Next question. Appreciate y'all for joining us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. <laughs> What's up, Vic? How you doing, man? That be getting them every time, man. Vic. There you go. There you go. Yo, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, I got a quick question for y'all, man. Uh, regarding the uh, the overtime change rules, man, um, <laughs> it's kind of crazy that they, they change it now. When the Chiefs had initially requested it a couple years ago, I know it didn't go through. Um, what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Just just curious. Yeah, I'll take that one. I, I uh, it, You are right. The Chiefs did request this <laughs> after the SC Championship game against New England. Now it comes down this year. I don't know if it was just the, the fact that everybody was watching this game and you shouldn't physically be able to do that in 13 seconds. Uh, I think it's a change for the better. And, and Andy Reid is somebody who would agree with me on this because I actually asked him this uh, right after the AFC title game. It, it, it needs to be at least when you're in a situation in the playoffs where both teams touch the ball, um, the field goal thing, they got that right. It, and, and sometimes it takes a couple years to get the rules right. I think in this situation they got it right. And, and, and whether it was – the Chiefs that spurred that change or whatever, ultimately the goal is to get it right, and I think they did at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. I agree with that. All right, our last guy for the day. We got Matt up here about to bring you up right now. Thank you guys for listening to another special episode, man. I really appreciate you guys tapping in with me and Aaron. It truly means a lot to us. You know, we're building this thing brick by brick, Aaron. You know, yeah, you've been throwing up a Aaron, lot of bricks, my guy. Let's talk about that. It's a lot of bricks. You know, brick Aaron, brick. Aaron shoots all the bricks, so you know that it all that it is what it is, man. It's all good, though. No, sir. What I hear is this uh, this beer calling my name as soon as we get off this pod. <laughs> yeah, well, 
I, th- I think we can wrap it up, man. I don't know what happened there with Matt. Some technical difficulties, but yeah, we can wrap it up. The sickening part of this whole thing is the next time when we talk, Kansas could be the national championship of college basketball. I, I think the, the the thought of of having to face you after that, it, it makes my stomach hurt, honestly. Does it really? I mean, can you imagine just covering that at 41? Like, that would be a special moment for you, like, in your career. You get to go to Lawrence probably for the parade and stuff. Like, that would be pretty dope, bro. Like, you should, you should embrace I'll, I'll, it. He said a special moment for you in your career. You're a funny guy, man. I'm the just spe- saying, bro, you'll go viral. Like, you're the guy that's covering the Kansas Jayhawks, the national champion. Like, that's a big deal. The funny, the funniest moment, I think, is when we finally get the live pod cracking. We're going to have videos. We're going to have the whole nine. This is uh, another good episode. Hopefully, nobody gets traded right after this episode, too, man. Come on. Watch. James Bradbury is going to be traded to the Chiefs right after this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coast to Coast out. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. We out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.